right, everybody, welcome to episode number 28 of the Still City Insider Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Jeremy Ritz, alongside Jim Wexel. Matt Cecil is joining us today, and we have a great show planned for you. We're going to talk NFL Draft. Believe it or not, it is only a few days away this coming Thursday, round one. Jim, Matt, how are you guys doing? Doing great, Jeremy. How you doing? Hi, Jim. Tomorrow we return to, well, we don't return yet. Uh, we are going to Heinz Field for the uh, uh, unin, what do we call it? The non-information press conference. <laughs> the non, yeah. Anyway, uh, it is, you know, most of these press conferences are non-information, but this one, this pre-draft one, where Mike Tomlin and Kevin Colbert sit up front and say nothing is the most uninformative press conference. So you will all be seeing tweets and texts from everybody tomorrow. Um, I don't know that there are any questions I need to ask them, but it is uh, it will be at Heinz Field and there will be a lunch. I'm, I mean, you guys aren't with the reporting crew, so this is a big deal, step by step, getting back in that locker room. Now, we were told that we will be holding the draft, press conferences for the draft in the Southside facility. That is huge. That means we're making a step from the racquetball courts in the outdoor, in the indoor practice facility, Bill Cowher's old racquetball court. And we were stuffed in there for two years. And now we're going to get back in the building, at least in our media room that was used as football. And, so, and you know, you, you just think the next step will be the locker room. We hope so. And that's huge. That's we're huge. For me. So. so anyway, I've wasted enough of your time on that. But that's what's happening. Tomorrow is a big press conference of uninformation. <laughs> so it, it all gets kicked off with Kevin Colbert, Mike Tomlin in their press conference. And then Thursday, round one, rounds two and three on Friday, and then rounds four through seven on Saturday. We are going to talk NFL draft here today, specifically about your Pittsburgh Steelers. We're also going to get into the Terrell Edmonds signing and just looking at free agency as a whole, what positions that this team really needs to work on. Uh, in terms of depth in this draft. Um, but, hey, what better way to start a Steelers podcast than talking about Duck Hodges? I got my In, in Duck We Trust shirt on here. <laughs> he retired from the o- Ottawa Red Blacks. So what a short career for a retirement. <laughs> oh, so much man. promise. So much promise and then quick retirement. Yeah. Who knew, Who knew that was coming? He'll be a uh, at a, a bar trivia night. He'll he'll be an answer to to one of those questions. Uh, but again, in jest, uh, I mentioned Duck there. But the, the real news that we got on Friday: Terrell Edmonds resigns with the Steelers, one year deal, two point five million dollars, which is significantly less than what he would have received if he would if the team would have picked up his fifth year option. Uh, but looking at that signing in terms of impact for the Steelers, thoughts. Yeah, I mean, first thought, and Jim, correct me if I'm wrong on this. I thought maybe like it took this long. Maybe the Steelers wanted a two-year deal, and he wanted a one-year prove it. Maybe it was like a two years. They're offering two years, eight million, like they did with Witherspoon and Wallace, and and he wanted a one-year prove it deal. They said, okay, well, if you come back in a one year, we're gonna give you basically veteran minimum, because all those deals that they did, whether it's Jack. Witherspoon Wallace, you know, it's team control. 
And I like seeing this, the re-signing. Me personally, I would like to see, see in two years so that they had a little more team control. But maybe that's what they agreed to. I don't know. You know, I was reading Matt's uh, column, very good column. And um, Thanks. I began to settle in on your boy, Dax Hill from Michigan. And that's where you're located. So you get to watch a lot of Michigan. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. You know, I'm trying to look for anybody but a quarterback. <laughs> and and Jordan Davis is going to be drafted earlier. And I'm not sure I need an offensive lineman, but I would have no problem with an offensive lineman. Mm-hmm. So does Dax Hill start to make a lot of sense. And then they signed him. And I tweeted, just when I was settling in on Dax Hill, this happens. But see, I think. And see, I got I got Dale Lolly's, I got his whole argument chain, came over to argue about this crap with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, because uh, it's only been one year. I heard it all. I heard it all. Uh, so you can continue this argument, Matt. Oh, no, not an argument. Still in the picture. Why they're going to draft a first-round safety for the third time in seven years. Because I don't think he's a safety necessarily. I think he's more of a corner. But we're going to draft Mike Hilton in the first round. Uh, Souped up Mike Hilton. I mean, not necessarily, but here's here's what I'm looking at because there's still a lot of – a lot of uncertainty at the inside linebacker position. You know, they're hoping – Bush bounces back. You know, you hear about Miles Jack and he's sitting out Wednesday practices. What does that have to do with the slot corner? I don't think it, he's necessarily a slot corner. I think if Edmonds can play inside and nickel and dime and play more of an inside linebacker, what a lot of the, the coaches are doing now is they're playing, they're, they don't even call them free safety and strong safety. It's split safety. So they got split safeties and they can put them in the two deep, which a lot of teams are doing. Who plays deep though? Hill's a Hill's a slot corner. He's a slot corner, but he's also played deep at free safety. So you could put him at you can put him deep in in a in a cover two like look, but you can also put him in the slot and you can put him on the outside, and then maybe you develop him as a corner moving forward. I don't really I never really looked at him because I've watched him play a couple of years as like a, a free safety. They say he's a free safety. Uh well, that's why I'm saying he's a slot corner. He's a slot corner, but he typically will follow the best receiver around on, on the opponents, you know, whoever they're playing. So this is a corner and not a a, uh, a safety. To me, he's more of a corner. You can develop him into a corner, and he's a he's a souped up uh, Trey Norwood. What did what did Tomlin call him last year? The uh, the Swiss Army knife. I mean, he is a Swiss Army knife that runs four three eight. You know, with crazy you know six five four uh, you know three cones so he's agile he's a five-star recruit he's 21 years old they like those 21 year olds I don't think it changes anything necessarily because I see him more as a corner possibly in waiting and then the 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 floor for him is Mike Hilton role in the slot right like I think the the ceiling is Stud corner we could put him at left corner put him on the outside maybe in certain situations put him back deep with Minka and move those guys around. But, you know, worst case scenario, we got him in the slot and he can be a slot guy who blitzes and he tackles well there. He's not a strong safety. So, you know, I didn't see him fitting that role with Terrell Edmonds' spot anyway. But that's just my take. What do you do with Cam Sutton then? Cam Sutton, you move him around still. They want to move him, I would think, more inside. But, you know, Dax is probably would be just a nickel and dime type guy you just move those guys around, whether you put Dax on the outside, 
Sutton on the inside or vice versa. I don't know. Maybe it's too many bodies. I I don't think he's the number one target. That's why I got him at, you know, my third choice if I had a top five. Who were your first two? The defensive linemen. So Jordan Davis and Travis Jones. Travis Jones. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Travis Jones, has, uh, he, he's a uh, – I'm sorry, Jeremy. Did you want to ask questions? No, no. I, I, you were just just to kind of bring it back. I don't. We don't want to give away our uh, our picks at twenty here, but we were. We, I don't we think no one, anyone really cares who we, <laughs> we like. But I'm think- not into trying to predict. I'll just give you like I got a handful of guys I really like at, at one, and so. Well, Travis Jones didn't have a great season. I, you know, everybody says, "Look at the Clemson tape." I looked at the Clemson tape. I'm like, "Come on, what's he doing here?" He doesn't get moved. Yeah, I mean, he's. You know, he, you can't move him. The Clemson couldn't move him. He gets penetration. He's not, like, explosive. But I I, I don't see, like – I think that when you're 325 pounds, it's hard to look explosive. I mean, the numbers say differently. The kid moves well. You know, most of the scouting community is saying, hey, he could play two gap. He could play one gap. You can move him around. He could play dime or nickel. He's got the athletic ability to do so. You see him move, and he does have that ability to do so. You know, you get NFL, you know, a little bit higher level because I know there's good coaching over there at Connecticut, but, you know, you got Cam Hayward and, and Alawalu Tutelage. I just – there's a lot of upside there, and at worst-case scenario, he's a guy that pushes the pocket and stuff to run. Um, but there's versatility in, in his athleticism. That's why I think he's unique. I saw Chris Sims said between 20 to 32 he sees him going. I was like, yeah, 20. You know, because Jordan Davis is not going to be there. And, you know, for this whole draft for me is about this whole offseason, really. And Jeremy, you mentioned the offseason. And I thought they got a good start at building a foundation, at least with the offensive line. And now they need to fix the cracks in the defensive line. You know, with somebody like that, now you're holding that defensive line. You're getting pushed on the defensive line. You're getting pushed on the offensive line. Now you got the play action that you're you're hiding with inside and outside zone and you're giving your team your best shot. I think that's what this year's, I don't want to say rebuild, but that's what the off season really should be about. I get worried about like the quarterback position, you draft it. And then now you go in next year and maybe they drafted a D lineman around two. you know, a guy like Logan Hall can play the end, but you know, you, then now you got a holes there along the D line because suddenly maybe Cam Hayward gets older and you know, you get rid of two and Alu Alu. And now this new quarterback is stuck with holes everywhere and you don't have inside linebackers because Jack and Bush didn't work out. And now you're putting this kid in an awful position. I, I think like this year is just, Hey, let's build this foundation, give this Trubisky guy an opportunity. And then let's reassess after the year. That's, that's what I think I'm, I'm working toward on this, this offseason. Yeah. Just to kind of pull that all back here to, together, we started by talking about Ter- Terrell Edmonds being resigned this past Friday. But in looking at free agency as a whole for the Steelers, they did address the majority of the positions of need. Two positions that weren't addressed, defensive line, obviously makes it a priority in the draft. Um, where first round, is it later? We don't know. Does it? I think I think they have to address it in some way, but then also wide receiver too. Um, they they signed Gunnar Olszewski, who's going to be more of a special teamer. Uh, Miles Boykin signed this week, you know, off the waiver wire. 
uh, was let go by the Ravens, a guy that they had interest in back in 2019. They've made, um, at least from, from my assessment, uh, enough moves to be able to draft best player available. But if it isn't defensive line, if it isn't wide receiver. They never do that. They never go best player available. Never. In spite of what we're going to hear Monday 20 times, it'll it'll be a unanimous Steelers decision. It'll be uh, the best player available. And it'll be, uh, no, we don't talk about individual players, but I'll gladly talk about the position overall. That's what they're going to say 100 times. Anyway, uh, I, I, I don't buy that uh, best player available. We've got enough garbage in free agency that we, we can take – jewels anywhere I, I don't buy that mm-hmm. I, and have they uh you know you say uh, uh they still need a defensive line what do we not know about to it alu is in there working out why are why are they not attending uh travis jones doing anything with travis jones was he a visitor was travis no, jones a visitor no you know uh, maybe they... Wyatt. i think we can scratch wyatt off the board Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah. you're 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 not going to get uh, the big guy from Georgia, even though people say he will, he'll be taken out on third downs. I think that's a lazy interpretation of mm-hmm. uh, Jordan Davis mm-hmm. uh, because that athletic ability. Somebody right. teach this man to play right. on third down. Yeah. Uh, uh, but uh, I don't know. I don't know where the defensive line stands because of Tuit. I don't know what's going on with Tuit, and we'll we'll start to find more of that out. We'll get some non-information on that front tomorrow, but uh, as we creep back into the onto the field to watch, then we'll know more and we'll get to talk to people. I'll get to talk to sources. We'll finally get some inside information back flowing through our our, our network. But I don't think defensive line has been settled at all, or, or we know anything about defensive line. Mm-hmm. Jim, I'd have to agree with you. I mean, just. It seems like the all the beat writers in Pittsburgh are, are clamoring for defensive linemen. Um, if I'm looking at Ray Fittipaldo or um, I'm trying to think of the other writer, uh, Dulac, they're all talking about defensive linemen. They're talking Devontae White, which I, I agree. I don't think that's an option with the uh, the off the field issues. I don't see that happening. Jordan Davis, I think, is a no brainer if he's there. And Jim, I'd agree with you too. A guy with that type of athleticism, you're going to find a creative way to use him, not just at the, the the nose position. I'm of the belief that I don't see a need this year in the first round. And, and Matt, you and I talked about this a couple episodes ago. We had a disagreement because you you were prioritizing defensive line, but I think because we don't know what's going to happen with to it yet, um, you still have Cam Hayward who's playing at a high level all the, the reps that those younger guys got last year, I'm not saying that they're um, out of this world talents, but Lulu coming there's back. Yeah. There's depth there. I there think bodies. Could, yeah. Right. And you, I think you could wait and you could prioritize some other positions. Um, so I don't see D line being around one target, at least for me, I could see in the later rounds, but. They might like Loudermilk milk a lot more than we realize. Uh, well, I, I thought he showed some things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I liked him as a five tech. He looked like a classic Steelers five tech. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, uh, I liked Adams as a nose. If you're, you're talking about depth and mm-hmm. you, you got your Davis twins and uh, Wormley. I mean, nobody loves Wormley, but he is a veteran. If, if he's going to be a four guy, I like him a lot better as a four. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, it, it all boils down to what's up with to it. 
Yeah. And we don't know. They know. They know more. Right. So that's where we're at in limbo. And I don't know that there's a defensive lineman available at 20, though. If, you're, if Jordan Davis is taken, I don't know if Travis Jones is that guy. You know, people say, well, they didn't even go to his pro day. But you know what? They, the defensive coordinator slash interim head coach there is a longtime Steelers defensive assistant, uh, Lou Spanos. Mm-hmm. And uh, Lou's a great, great guy. I felt like calling him a couple times. But if they do draft Travis that'll be my first call is to Lou Spanos. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just because the Steelers know Lou Spanos and Lou Spanos is there doesn't mean he likes him. Yeah. You know, we, sometimes we just assume, well, Hey, the Steelers grew up now. Steelers uh, uh, ate with Kenny Pickett late lunch with them every day. They know him. Well, but do they like him? Maybe yeah. they don't like him. They know him. I, I, I'm sure they like Pickett, but you know, maybe Lou Spanos doesn't like him. Maybe that's why they didn't go to pro day. I don't know. Uh, but uh, uh, that's an easy call for them to get real information on Travis Jones. Sure. Yeah. I think some of the other positions that, that potentially this team could look at in round one, though, if you look at historical precedent, it's not really there. They There's a need at wide receiver. But when's the last time they drafted a wide receiver in the first round? I think you have to go back. Uh, to the Bill Cower era, was it Plexico Burris, and before that, oh. uh, Troy Troy Edwards. Yeah, well, San Antonio Holmes. Holmes. San Antonio Holmes. Yeah, but that it, never in Tomlin's time has there been a wide receiver taken. They've had success in the later rounds. Mm-hmm. You you guys see them maybe going after a wide receiver? If someone drops like an uh, Olave, Chris. Olave, I think I'm pronouncing his name correctly. But if he drops right. at twenty, you think wide receiver is a possibility? Go ahead, Jim. Olave. 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 Olave sounds better. <laughs> yeah, so does Peritz, but it's Fritz, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, H is silent. Do <laughs> you think they could pull pull the trigger at 20 on a receiver, or do you think they're more likely to go later rounds? I'll defer to Matt on that. I again I hope they, they go later rounds. I I mean, what's going on with Deontay Johnson? If you know that you can be in the range of signing him or you say, hey, well, we have no chance of signing him, but then it makes it more realistic. I just look at the position in general over the last, going back to Heinz Ward, we only had a couple guys re-sign. And I think the first and second rounds, you want to make sure that that should be the goal is we're going to draft positions that we want to extend, you know, beyond the first contract. Mm-hmm. And this is a, very poor record of that with a wide receiver position. Yeah. So, I mean, it's possible, of course, you know, cause they position themselves and they, they could really draft just about any position. Um, so, I mean, a lobby is a possibility or a lave or they've been saying a lobby on TV all these, all this time. And maybe I, I just looked it up. I'll lay yeah. Okay. Hey, maybe, Hey, maybe we're, I'm wrong. So <laughs> let's hope they don't draft them. yeah i just want to build inside out this year and i I just it's a possibility but you know you got fryermuth there's only one ball on the field you know and you got fryermuth that you hopefully showed a lot and i think that if you can throw the ball past the line of scrimmage this year a little bit more consistently maybe he can get out there to the you know off some play action and run a double move like he showed and, and he's got great hands and you see what Claypool and Deontay have. Those are your top three guys. I just look at it as more of a second, third round thing. Yeah. 
So uh, if, if you don't think you're going to be able to re-sign DJ mm-hmm. and you're looking at Claypool, who's involved in more clownish activity as we go, I, I don't know that you can say, well, if we lose DJ, we got Claypool. Claypool's the guy I would look to pass along and, and, and use a draft pick to pass him up eventually. Sure. If you, if you can sign DJ. Okay. That's just my opinion. I, no, I, I I don't know that I can trust Claypool. I don't know what he's been doing lately. I don't, I'm not on Twitter, but if he's still acting immature, that's not a good sign. He, that's kind of why I thought, you know, after the draft, if you can still sign a veteran out there, but they signed Boykin. So I don't know how much room there is. We'll see how they draft positions, but that room needs leadership and it needs like an older veteran. It doesn't have to be T.Y. Hilton. That just comes to mind because we talked about it before, Jeremy. Yeah. The guy who was in his early 30s, has played 10 years, has had success, hasn't won a Super Bowl, maybe has been a professional. And they need professionalism in that room a little bit. They need professionalism everywhere. I I, I like I like the big man. I've, I've said it, it since December. They need a big man with a lot of character to run that locker room for the next 10 to 15 years. And if we're talking about wide receiver and there's somebody in the first round that has Heinz Ward kind of character and, and first round talent, I have no problem taking a first round receiver. I've liked what Najee's had to say lately. Because when he says, hey, we take on all comers, we want people coming in a division. I want the comp- competition. I like that dude. You know, I'll ride with him. Like he, he's got a certain level of energy and he's got a, a certain wants to that that'll rub off on the room. I want to build through him, you know, because he just reeks of leadership for a younger guy. Yeah. Energy at the same time. So uh, I think I, I like TJ Watts brand of leadership. I do too. More masculine frame, uh, quieter, more intense. I, I don't want some guy that's seeking out Brooke Pryor for interviews all the time. I don't. <laughs> yeah. Mama, baby, me. I don't want that. Yeah. So that's where I fall down a little bit with Najee. Give me okay. TJ Watt. Give me that kind of character. Yeah. Oh, I love that too. Him and Ken. So let's bring this. Let's bring this down to um, pick number twenty. And you don't have to give if you don't want to go this route who you would select. But let's say one or two guys that if they're on the board, if you're the GM and you're selecting at that pick, which player is going to best help this team? And it doesn't have to be right away. Could be down the road. But who at number 20, give two names that you feel this is a Pits, the next Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh Steeler here. Go ahead, Jim. I'll let you. Um, well, I, I we've done everything to avoid talking about quarterbacks, <clears throat> and that's where they're going. <laughs> um, I, I'll say Malik Willis, uh, only because I'm swept up in all this now because I fear that they're going to trade up for him. So if I'm sitting at twenty and he falls, that's the first name. Of course, Jordan Davis is my other guy, and I haven't looked at the offensive tackles that are supposedly not going to fall to them. So I haven't paid much attention. I'm looking at more of a Zeon Johnson guy type can play all five positions. Really? Mm -hmm. I I, I just want a real man. I I hate to sound. I hate to sound like, you know, that gender stereotyping, but I think they need a real leader. I think they've got their, their, their trending toward too many clowns. 
Yeah, um, side. Yeah. I I think they. I mean, they lost Pouncey and DeCastro and Alejandro. Alejandro was the guy that those two were afraid of. Trust me on that. Alejandro's a bad dude with a TJ Watt personality, and and very intelligent. And I love talking to Alejandro, mm-hmm. and I don't want DeCastro and Pouncey to be mad because I love talking to them, and they know it. Mm-hmm. We, we often had great discussions, but Alejandro. Once you could pry past the the veneer, he had a lot to say. So mm-hmm. you lost some real character there with those three guys and Ramon, four guys and Marcus mm-hmm. Gilbert. You know they haven't replaced that stuff. Mm-hmm. Chooks, I I think Moore has has got that potential. And the rest of the guys, I don't know. James Daniels uh, kind of impressed me, his attitude in the Zoom call. But those are the, that's what I want. I want some real character. I want some Hall of Fame type interior linemen on either side of the ball okay yeah i mean well zion John, johnson's a great kid uh uh trevor penning he yeah. seems like a lunatic he's he's nasty i don't, I don't need over the edge i don't need sure. a guy that's going to have a personal foul every three plays no i don't know what his character is i don't know and, you know but if he he's Good dude. I, I want nasty on the field too, but yeah, I agree with you. I don't, you know, I don't, I'm not studying him for hours on end to know <laughs> sure. Like, but I just like somebody. I asked you to come it. on. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were studying. <laughs> oh, you're I study not. when I can. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I, he's got an edge, and you want those guys on offense. You want those guys along the line. Look, Ritter, uh, Willis. Pickett, they display leadership. They look like leaders at the quarterback position, so maybe they are interested. Um, and just a, another maybe name out there I like, but it's corner. I like the Trent McDuffie kid. Okay. You know, so that makes sense to me. A zone corner who's physical, that's Pittsburgh Steel. Yeah, his movement skills are incredible. He's a good football player, so he could play inside and outside. And, you know, Jair Alexander type comes to mind there. So, like, you know, those are possibilities that I think, you know, I would like Zion Johnson, but they drafted all those interior or they signed all those interior linemen during free agency. But maybe he can play right tackle. Maybe he can play. Just stop there. Play. <laughs> I know they signed four guys, but maybe this guy can play. Yeah. But the good news is there's a, there's a lot of good names and they can get – yeah, they can go in several different directions and hopefully get a quality player and leader. So at the end of the day, when it's all said and done and the dust settles, it do they take a quarterback at 20? Or do you think if Willis think is so. gone that they just they... – Well, you asked me who would I pick. Who, would, who will they pick? My prediction, Malik Willis one and Desmond Ritter two. Mm-hmm. That's thus begins the first step of the 12 year search for a quarterback. Well, I'll be nervous when Seattle picks at nine because I'm hoping they take Willis because I just don't think this is the year. I don't want to do it. I mean, he's six foot. He's barely six foot tall. He's not six foot three. A lot of sacks. He took all that stuff. Ritter's a leader. He's inaccurate. I don't see how he's going to necessarily be better than what the Steelers already have, but okay. You know, I don't. So what you're saying is, all right, these guys suck, but if that's what you want, okay. I, I, don't, 
I hope they don't do it. I just don't think I don't I don't know if they necessarily suck, but their game managers, just about every one of them except for Willis, you're gonna have to ask them to do the same things that you're gonna have to ask Trubisky to do anyway. I, plus Trubisky, here's the thing. Uh, you know, I don't like to talk about the Dwayne Haskins stuff, but I mean that's traumatic for those guys. Those guys are all there in Florida. And, you know, they, they're rallying around each other and he comes to Pittsburgh and he calls those guys down there and it's not his fault, but there's, there's I mean, that that's gotta be traumatic on him. You know, Najee visited Trubisky for eight hours, man. They, they, they talk football and they have a level of respect. I think he's got a level of leadership that I, and I just think that this group deserves an opportunity to rally around each other. Now, if it was an incredible talent and it's a CJ Stroud or a Bryce Young, or it's a Mahomes like arm who's six, three, I understand it, but I don't, I don't really understand it with any of these guys at 20. There's a reason why they're falling into 22 for a reason, or I just said that, but there's a reason why they're falling into 20, you know? Yeah. 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 Uh, it's, it's a uh, dismal, it's, it, it's a dismal outlook for this draft. It's they're 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 hell bent on drafting a quarterback, and these quarterbacks suck. Hey man, I was rooting for them because that's what a good fan should do sometimes to lose since the ten- Tennessee game. You know, you could see the handwriting on the wall in the last two games, and just shaking my head. And that last game, I'm like, you know, Ben's gonna pull it out in the end. This is what he's gonna do. And here we go. Now we could have been picking at 14, and you got Jordan Davis. You didn't have to worry about it. All this talk, he would have been there. And uh, that six picks is going to probably turn out important because that's the guy I think we all agree on, ideally. Well, we do. I, I don't know. I, I us three. Got I, some, I got some unasked for blowback on Jordan Davis in the tre- in the Edmonds signing. So uh, I mean, I, I'm all in for a corner. If you want to take a corner, fine. Mm-hmm. But I, I think. Uh, Art Rooney, too, has got to say to them, you're not drafting another safety first. You've had your turns. If you can't pick a safety better than this without trading for somebody else's number one, it's like mm-hmm. same with corner. The only two defensive backs they've really put together are uh, other teams have drafted, Joe Hayden and Minka. Sure. They were never in a position to get a, a top. A good corner. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Maybe I give them a little pass on that. Right. But safety, you know, two number ones and a number two in the last six drafts. Come on. Mm-hmm. How much are you going to spend at a position that does shouldn't call for that? No, I don't think they should draft a safety. I just don't think Dax Well, Hill's a safety. If you're going to call him a corner, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's just – it depends. If they think he's a safety, then no, they shouldn't, they shouldn't draft him. My only concern is if uh, – just kind of backtracking a bit. I know you said – mentioned Malik Willis that he's he's the guy in this draft just what it would take to move up to get him I think it's too steep so I, I hope they don't go that route because you're more, you're at least gonna have to give up a, a number one next year that's too steep of a price for a guy that I'm not sold on Willis I, I liked him early on in this process but I think you could find an equivalent maybe not as explosive or athletic of a talent in that big five of uh, those quarterback games but that's just too much to give up Mm-hmm. So any other closing thoughts here on the draft before we wrap up uh, again, just a few days away, anything in the later rounds that you're looking at or day three? Yeah. You know, I wrote a couple pieces. One, you know, 
banging the table for Hassan Haskins in round four. Whether it's him or another running back, I think if you're building the foundation of running the football, they should get another running back there because you're going to wait to the end of the sixth round. I like a guy that's similar in build to Najee. Somebody that's 6'1", 225 like Brian Robinson or 6'2", 230 like Haskins, where you can keep the train moving because you're going to build a certain offense hopefully around him. Well, if he goes down, you know, and now you're back to Benny Snell and Kalen Ballage, and, you know, now you're trying to ask Trubisky to throw the ball. And I think if you're really trying to build toward getting back to Steeler-type football, you got to have a, a legitimate second guy. And I like guys like Khalil Shakir in the third round. And, you know, it's just a, a guy that's a slot, but he's you can see he's tough over the middle. He's willing to break tackles. He's fearless inside. You know, if they don't draft a, a receiver in round two or round one and two, I think there's plenty of guys. I don't, I'm not as enamored with the Calvin Austins and the Wendell Robinsons that are tiny. We've seen how the tiny guys and how that works out. I want somebody that can block. So that's why I like him. But there's there's depth there at receiver. And then one one other guy, I like the Josh Pascal kid. I think, you know, getting a outside linebackers slash a guy that can play inside and maybe the dime, six two and a half, two sixty eight, three time captain, you know, edge setter in the run game. I think that could help out the run run defense as well. So uh, those are things thoughts that I have going into the, the first four rounds. Yeah, um, I agree, Matt. Your stuff has been fantastic this uh, this year. I, I I've never been so excited for a running back in my life in the fourth round. That's <laughs> You know what? I He's probably my favorite. You know, I've been watching Michigan football since a little kid in the 80s, and I just fell in love with his game because he doesn't make mistakes. It's just consistent, and he's not the, the greatest. He's not going to kill you in a 40-yard dash. But, man, he, he just doesn't get negative yardage. He doesn't – he pass protects. He doesn't drop the ball. He never fumbles. He's good in the, the short yardage. And it's like, you know, this is – you know, your poor man's Najee that if Najee needs a spell, this guy's going to come in and, and keep the thing moving. And so I think they should be looking for that ideally and not going back to five, nine, Benny uh, Snell, but, <laughs> and just have like a legitimate option. Uh, and you can do that. So the way I, I constructed it was because the draft should be about a year or two from now, but building that foundation where you got guys that can contribute this year all the way through the fourth round, you know, so we'll see what happens. Well, you know, they could just have a first and then a fourth. So all of these, you know, and your, your, your point about outside linebacker is fantastic too. Uh, that awoke me to their need for another one. They mm-hmm. do. They, they want three and mm-hmm. they did so well with Ingram. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, yeah, all these things we want to trade down. That's right. Well, I, we would love that. Yeah. Pick up an extra pick, and then while you're trading, while you're down there, draft um, draft Travis Jones. Right. That's why draft I said, Zion Johnson. Yeah, twenty-five to twenty-eight. Pick up a right, grounder. and then pick up some extra guys. But you're gonna, you really do have to gulp, hold your nose, and take a quarterback at some point. You do. I don't know that you can count on Trubisky because quarterbacks aren't going to come in and play their first year anyway. Mm. I, yeah, I know I, know I covered uh, Ben Roethlisberger, but 
I, I don't, you don't either. I don't totally dismiss Mason Rudolph at this point, not to say that he's going to be a championship, you know, franchise quarterback, but I do think there's a Neil O'Donnell type ceiling for him. If provided the right situation, um, you know, it's not, it's not, uh, what's his name? Jones that we had back there a couple of years. He's used to back up for five years. With, he's better with, than Landry. Jones. Better than Landry Jones. So, you know, that's what I'm saying. He's not that, I think he's, manager capable and in, in getting you to a certain, you know, so I don't think it's, it's totally barren. And I, I just like from everything I hear from the amount of arms that are there next year to the top end talent, it just seems better next year. Yeah. It's going to cost a lot more to move up next year though. Yeah, sure. You know, that Neil O'Donnell team was just soaked in talent. So good, man. There was so much talent. Offensive yeah. line was so good. The running backs, Jerome Bettis, well, he wasn't there yet. Bam Morris was even good enough. Bam Morris wasn't that fast, you know. Yeah. He, Mark but Bruner he, could block anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, the receivers were a little weak. Yancey Thigpen right. was good. Mm-hmm. But anyway, that was a great defense, for one. Mm-hmm. Is this team there? I'm not sure. Yeah. I think maybe after this draft it could be. Right. That's what I'm trying to get. get right. There. Right. You know. You get the Tapasco type dude, and you get the defensive lineman, and now you're collapsing the pocket for TJ, and, and Alex Highsmith takes a step, and Bush returns healthier. You know, you, you just all of a sudden you could be top five again. Yeah. Right. You know? One player I want to bring up here, um, potentially third round. I know you guys were talking earlier about defensive back, but Marcus Jones out of Houston. I don't know if you've spent any time uh, doing any film study on him, but Talking about Mike Hilton, I could see this guy, uh, you know, in the later rounds being just that similar stature, 5'8", 174, a little bit smaller uh, than Hilton, but all the same type of attributes. Um, do you th- see him as a possibility? I think he was even in for a visit this week with the team. Um, but thoughts on Jones in the later rounds? I don't think it'd be later rounds. I think if you don't get him in the third, you're going to definitely have to get him in the fourth because he wouldn't be there sixth. And I don't know if he's going to make it to the fourth. And You know, he's, I, he is sort of Mike Hilton Jr. with punt return and kick return ability. He's a football player. Um, but, you know, we'll see. I mean, he, he never ran. He's not overly fast. That's one of the things I want. And that's why I like Zion McCollum is because I want somebody maybe in the third round area who's got speed and can offset some of the corners that they already have that are four, six or mid four, five guys, you know, I mean, they're good veteran dudes. I think everybody's going to, you know, we talk about Levi Wallace and everybody gets excited about it, but the reality is he's really just another William Gay. Who's just a solid football player and he's a try hard guy. And he's a good dude. You know, he's, he's, he's not going to blink out there, but he was a walk on. Right, he's a walk on. I, I love his story. It's great. And it's great. You know, I, I watch Mac soccer, and and they all have a flaw. There's a reason they're in the Mac, including my daughter. Right. There's a reason they're there. Right. There's a reason he had to walk on at Alabama. There's a reason he's not getting that contract. And it's a great story, but you can't have four or five of them. Right. <laughs> Max, yeah. real fast, did you just make an Antoine Blake reference to – the cornerback. Oh, I did it. I, th- I, th- I, th- I was like, man, I haven't heard that name in a couple of years. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to ignore it. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> I actually talked. I've actually talked to him. Okay. Yeah, he, he changed his name to what Romeo or something like that. Something, something I crazy. Well, I tell you what, that what better note to uh, end the show on than uh, an Antoine Blake reference. There you go. But, uh, Jim, Matt, great talking Steelers football with you today. NFL draft again. That's coming up this Thursday. Round one, we're going to find out after all the speculation that's been going on since the Steelers got throttled by the Chiefs. Will it be a quarterback? Will it be a defensive lineman? Or will, will it be somebody that we're scratching our heads? Uh, we are going to find out soon. Um, but give us a, a like on YouTube. Subscribe to the channel. Check out Jim's work over on the Still City Insider and Matt's work as well. You can follow uh, Jim on Twitter, at Jim Wexel. Matt still any just, just YouTube YouTube my name you might see some stuff on there I'm right. <laughs> so YouTube yeah. Matt and check out his stuff you can check out uh, my work at thestillstudy.com give me a follow on Twitter at stillstudy and we will see you back here for episode number 29 of the Still City Insider podcast have a great day everyone